0: Hey there, welcome to the Paper Pencil Podcast, a show where we talk about art and the journeys around it. I am Swarnavo and today we look back into history and experience the story of one of the greatest artists from the post-impressionism era the world has ever seen. Before that, a word from our sponsors. You really thought we have a sponsor? I mean, just the second episode and people are already pouring money into it. That's not reality. See, art and money have always had a complicated relationship. I guess forever. And that also is a part of the theme for today's story behind the artist. Let's jump in. While I have always been interested in sketching and art in general, art history is something I never dabbled into. I never went into an art school, so for me, I never really had a direct exposure to the art movements, the history, and everything that goes with it. However, earlier this year, I started reading about art history, consuming content in various forms around the topic. The more I went into it, the more I realized the importance of going deeper into this topic. Knowing the stories, the context behind certain artworks, and their styles helped me look at famous paintings in a completely different light. While I learned to admire the artworks of the Renaissance uh, period artists, let's say by Raphael, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, for their perfect depiction of the human form and the warm tones, and the overall grandness of the paintings, also thanks to hours of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it is over the past one year, that I really started spending time looking at other artworks from different eras with different styles, Knowing the stories helped me find patterns in the evolution of art as we know it today. With the background set, let's begin with the story. The year is 1852, South Netherland. Reverend Theodorus van Gogh and his wife Anna Carbentus had their first child who, unfortunately, was stillborn. They named him Vincent. A year later, in 1853, while still dealing with the trauma of losing their first child, they are blessed with their second son, who they also named Vincent. This child would later go on to become one of the greatest artists in the history and yet, he would have no clue about it. Over the years, Vincent had the company of three sisters and two brothers. Theo, one of his younger brothers, would continue to play a crucial role in Vincent's life till his last breath. Now, Vincent's early years were spent moving from one school to the other. And at the age of 16, he found himself working in an art gallery in Hague, which was partly owned by his uncle, who also was named Vincent. He worked there for four years, learning the art gallery business, It may be interesting to note that there are versions of history that say that till then Vincent van Gogh never really showed a lot of interest in art. He was more into the commercial sides of things. Soon in 1873, he was transferred to London to manage another gallery there. This is where his interest in the art gallery or art dealership business started going down. Our side story here is Vincent was living in a boarding house in London, which was run by a mother and her 19-year-old daughter. There are versions of history again that say he fell in love with the daughter and professed his love to her, only to know she is engaged with someone else. That led to him being asked to leave the place. His uncle even shifted him to Paris, the hotspot of the art world, with hopes to motivate his nephew. But in 1875, Vincent decided to put an end to his art dealership journey. This time, he turned towards religion, remember he grew up in a religious household. Van Gogh then took a post as an assistant teacher in England, but disappointed by the lack of prospects, returned to Holland at the end of the year. He now decided to follow in his father's footsteps and become a clergyman, this too turned out to be a false start for Vincent and soon he found himself looking for a different career path. His parents were deeply disappointed and even termed him as a social misfit. This is the point of his life where his younger brother Theo urged him to renew his interest in art and become an artist. Theo even agreed to support him financially and by the way, this arrangement continued till Vincent's last breath. Theo would send him 50 francs every month and in turn, Vincent would send a few of his paintings to Theo which he could sell for profit. You can say Theo was one of the strongest pillars of Vincent's life. Pretty late into his adulthood, Vincent started learning how to paint. He eventually proved to have an exceptional feel for bold harmonious color palettes and an amazing instinct for creating simple but memorable compositions. Vincent van Gogh's artistic career was relatively short, from 1880 to 1890. These years were spent mastering his skills. He found himself mainly indulging in drawing and watercolours initially. He would take inspiration from nature. He then began travelling across Netherlands to learn under the guidance of more seasoned artists. Moving over to different mediums such as oil, his art grew bolder and his self-confidence as an artist slowly started rising. He expanded his canvas to still life, landscape, as well as figure drawing. However, all his paintings revolved around a similar theme of the farmers or peasants that he saw, their lives, the hardships, the countryside. One of the noteworthy paintings from this phase of his life is titled The Potato Eaters, made with oil on canvas. This was made in the year 1885 and he considered this to be one of his best works at that time. The painting is rather unusual for that time with uh, its use of dark colours. The painting received a lot of criticism since it was not in line with the socially accepted definition of the word beautiful. But Van Gogh wanted to represent the peasants as they really were in their harsh conditions. The criticism did not serve well for Vincent's confidence as an emerging artist. In fact, in one of the letters to the critics, he wrote... You had no right to condemn my work in the way you did. I am always doing what I can't do yet in order to learn how to do it. A century later, the same painting was auctioned off at $39.9 million. It is said that a sense of loneliness always followed Vincent. Soon, he moved to Paris to join his brother Theo who was in the art business there. Theo introduced Vincent to a lot of artists who in turn opened him up to the latest developments in the French art scene. As time went by, Vincent was exposed to various styles of art, out of which Japanese prints and impressionist paintings played a big role in building his style. In the later half of the 1880s, you see his style slowly emerging. A brighter colour palette, less traditional approach. Lighter tones, broken brushwork, use of pointillism as a technique. Around 1888, you see the real Van Gogh style that we know today emerging. In pop culture, Van Gogh is considered the original master of the selfie. Among the documented paintings, you find 43 or more self-portraits that he painted over a span of three years. This was majorly because he wanted to practice painting the human form. He was still under the financial support of his brother and hence could not always afford to hire a model. Hence, he became the subject of his own paintings. In 1888, he decided to move to Arles from Paris. In search of greener landscapes and his longing to look at nature under a brighter sky. In Arles, he literally painted whatever he saw in front of him. His room, blossoming fruit trees, views of the town and surroundings, self-portraits, portraits portraits of uh, his postman, Joseph Rulin, who he would ask to sit down while he would paint him, his other friends, interiors, exteriors of the house, the landscape, and of course, the famous sunflower paintings. He found himself unable to suppress his own feelings about the subject, and he finally moved away from the traditional technique of painting, by the way, which he took years to master and started giving free rein to his individuality and began squeezing his tubes of oil paint directly on the canvas instead of the palette. Van Gogh's style was spontaneous and instinctive and he worked with great speed and intensity. His idea was to capture an effect or a mood that he was in at that time. In one of the letters, he told Theo, his brother, When anyone says a painting is done too quickly, you can reply that they have looked at it too fast. At this point, it may be a good time to pause and talk about Vincent's mental health. Remember, he did not have a lot of money. There were times where he skipped on food and bought paint and canvases instead. He would wet his brush with his tongue and that would lead to consumption of lead-based paints into his system. He was introduced to the habit of drinking absinthe while he was in Paris. He suffered from loneliness, depression. There were even times where he ate paint and drank turpentine paint thinner. But he did not lose hope. In Aal, with the intention of creating an artist's working community called the Studio of the South, he rented a yellow house and invited his artist friends in Paris to come over. Responding to this request, his best friend and artist, Paul Gauguin, took the train to Arles in October 1888. It is also said that Theo, Vincent's brother, urged Paul to go and stay with Vincent since he was worried about his mental health. Hearing that his best friend is coming over, Vincent decorated the entire house with bright sunflowers. The relationship... Uh, worked for a couple of months, but Vincent's deteriorating mental health caused them to get into multiple arguments. In December 23rd, 1888, Kogan couldn't take it anymore and decided to move back to Paris. I'm recording this episode on December 23rd, 2020, exactly 132 years after that evening. As he left the house and started walking towards the train station, he heard Vincent's footsteps behind him. It is said that he was carrying a razor blade. There was a heated argument between them and at the end, Vincent ran off to the house, Gogan left and they never spoke again. That evening, in a fit of dementia, Vincent chopped off the lower half of his own left ear, went to a brothel and handed over his bleeding ear to a prostitute. There is some speculation around this story since there are historians who say that it was Gauguin who actually cut off Vincent's ear and then ran off. Following that incident, Van Gogh was hospitalized in R. When he finally came back home, he painted his famous self-portrait where the side of his face is bandaged. This painting sold off later at $71.5 million, almost a century after his death. At the end of April 1889, Scared of losing his renewed capacity for work, which he knew was absolutely required for his sanity, he checked himself into a mental institution in Saint-Rémy for a year. During his stay in Saint-Rémy, he fluctuated between periods of madness and intense creativity, in which he produced some of his best and most well-known works, including the famous Starry Night and Irises. The paintings he made during his stay in the asylum are more bold and visionary compared to his previous works. This may also be a statement of the mental unrest he was going through at that time. Once he came back from the mental institution, his work went through a slight change again. His brushwork became broader and more expressive, his vision of nature more lyrical. Everything in these pictures seemed to be moving or living. However, He continued to fight depression, anxiety, and loneliness. The fact that he still had to take financial support from his brother, who now was married and had a child, continued to lower his self-confidence. In despair of ever being able to overcome his loneliness or be cured, Van Gogh shot himself on 27 July 1890. Some historians say he was accidentally shot by someone else. Nevertheless, his brother Theo also passed away six months later. Theo's widow, Joanna, was left with their son and a large collection of Vincent's paintings that he used to send to Theo. She returned to Holland with the collection and dedicated herself to getting her brother-in-law the recognition he deserved. She went on to catalogue over 2,100 artworks by Vincent and finally helped his work get the respect that it deserves. Even till date, his paintings are sold for millions while Vincent rests in peace above the starry night sky. This was the story of one of the greatest artists the world has ever seen. I cannot help but connect with parts of his story. The fact that he stumbled upon art at a later stage in life, The fact that he never had a clear direction as a child about what he really wanted to do. His constant battles with his mental health, finding acceptance within society, building a strong base of self-confidence. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Tune in next week for a deep conversation with one of my really good friends and a well-respected illustrator. Won't share any spoilers as of now. In the meanwhile, do check out my work on Instagram. Have added the links to the show notes. I am Swarnavo and this has been the Paper Pencil Podcast. Cheers.